Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. So my music career actually started in, in this uh, little fishing village called Agios Nikolaos in, in Greece. Uh, and then I came back to America. I gave up that job. I had a little bungalow on the Aegean Sea. You know, all I had to do was play piano and sing once a night. And they paid me cash. They got all the food I wanted. If I ever went into town, everybody on the little part of the island knew me. I never had to walk home because the car would pull up and the window would roll down and say, Hey, Elvis, get in the car. Come on, we go. <laughs> this is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. I really hope people like that show with Mitch Album. I really hope they did, and I hope they go and buy the book, The Stranger in the Lifeboat. That story alone about him <clears throat> becoming Elvis Presley in Crete, that's a t- made-for-TV movie. That is, really that's is. A hero's journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be a great, that'd be a great title for it. So we're going we're gonna to not do a traditional open today. We're going right to Phil the Show Killer. Because Phil has a story for us. You know that Phil, the last time we talked to Phil, he was either on his way from Vegas or had tapped out in Vegas at a poker tournament. One of the two, even though he had... He, he had arranged in Las Vegas to stay with people. He didn't have to spend money on anything other than poker. Did you crash and burn in that tournament, if I recall correctly? Right, you didn't do very well in that one. I, I held my own. I didn't. I didn't okay. make cash. I didn't make any money, but but I held my okay. own. Okay. Okay. And that prepped you for the story you're about to tell us. Tell us what happened most recently. So this weekend, um, some friends of mine uh, were playing in a poker tournament at Turning Stone Casino, which is I have been to Turning Stone. Yeah, yeah, I've been to Turning Stone. Yeah, it's a fun little place. It's just outside yeah. of Syracuse, and yeah, that's and where uh, Bayheim, Jim Bayheim goes there all the time. I went there for a couple of days. They've got three or four really nice golf courses, and one was on in the rotation for a couple of years uh, on the PGA Tour. Very, very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and they asked if I was around if I wanted to play, and and I said sure. I said yeah, I can I can make it happen. So I went, uh, drove down on Friday afternoon um the tournament started on friday um you could um they had two day ones meaning you could play on either friday or saturday um whoever made it to the end of friday and and then whoever made it to the end of saturday all those guys come back and play on sunday and you play down to a winner what was the buy-in what did you have to put up to play the buy-in was 460 dollars what an odd number, so, four hundred and sixty. Yeah. But yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So, so, so that's you can do sure four sixty. Okay, yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. So, I, so okay. I went down on Friday because um, I decided I was going to play on Saturday. Um, and Clearly, bought if, a new phone with the money because it, you can I, actually hear <laughs> Phil this time. Actually, actually. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I play on Saturday and no, no. I let me it, let me let me make sure about one thing. Okay, when you say you drove down. Did, does that were you in Buffalo for Thanksgiving and oh. drove that way, or did you drive down from Connecticut? I drove down from Connecticut. We uh, okay. we, spent right. thanks, we spent Thanksgiving in Connecticut, and uh, okay. and I drove down. Okay, All right. so uh, so I made it. So I played on Saturday, made it through to the end of Saturday, and made it to day two. When day two started, so there were 194 players that made it through to day two out of 838 that started. That's good. That's good. And when day two, when That's day like six two to started. One. Yeah, yeah, when day two started, I was second overall. Um, wow! The day. So, so I was should have cashed in right well. there, cash in <laughs> right there, and leave. Well, the top ninety, the top ninety players got paid. You know, got into the right. money, and I comfortably made it into the money. That was that was never in doubt. So, so you, ne- so said, at that point, you know, you're going to make money. 
at that point, I know I'm going to make money. The, the and now it's a question point. of just how many, how much money you're going to make. Right. Okay. Great. Right. Like okay. 81st through 90th made, you know, 800 bucks. Okay. Um, so, so I make the money. We start playing at 11 in the morning. We play, um, it, it ends, we play all the way down to, and I make it all the way down to the last five. Oh my um, gosh. The last five. Are they giving Boston. you food? Are they giving you stuff yes. to eat? Are they? Yes. Okay. So they're treating you well. There's a dinner break. You know, there's, there's breaks in there. There's a 45 minute dinner break that happened at about seven o'clock Sunday night. Okay. Did anyone um, named Spider get shot in the foot during the game? <laughs> that's right. I did that's... not. I did not see anybody named Spider. <laughs> okay. Oh, my mistake. Yeah. But we played out. We played down to the last five. That ends about four thirty Monday morning, um, and we agree to chop the pot. Whatever's left, we chop. So, and we do a what's called an equity chop, meaning you take the percentage of chips in play, however many you have, whatever percentage that is, that's a percent of the remaining pot of money that you're going to win. Um, I was third out of the five guys at the time I had. So you're third overall then you're third overall. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, That's fantastic. And so I took a, uh, took home a nice little, nice little chunk of change on, uh, on Monday morning. Now you have to report that to the IRS. Do you not? Or oh, do yeah. they make it's, you do it already, right there? And it's already they do done. it right, they do there, it right, right there. Yeah. Yeah. They do it right there. Yeah. So it was, um, it was, it was my biggest, my biggest poker winning ever by a mile um and it was uh, it was uh, it, w- it made me very proud it was a very very cool day um very nice nice number to take home all right so uh, you know i think that the obvious question is at what point do you walk into norby's office and say take this job and shove it i'm going on the poker tour I mean, right? well, it was it was it was a it was a it wasn't that much money that I could uh, oh, that I could change careers instantly, <laughs> but uh, but it was good. It was um, you know it was fun. It was it, it made me uh, you know made you know picked up a lot of respect from people with the way I played, which was nice. You know that's had great. A lot of fun talking with the guys, but you know at five in the morning, no one ever wants to uh, you know you, you want to kind of after something like that, you want to kind of sit back, have a drink with the guys and, you know, kind sure. of soak in what just happened sure. at five in the morning. Everybody's just like, I want to go to bed. So That's I go to pretty, sleep. It's pretty yeah. tiring. Did you so at it, any yeah, point was, turn to the guy next to you and say, I, I help me out. Are these diamonds or spades? <laughs> did, you, did you ever do there, that? There were, the, there were a couple of times where I was, you know, I was, I was seeing way more than three or five cards on the board. I was, I was seeing, yeah. you know, double and triple, you know, eyes were, it was getting a little blurry, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, there was, you know, we, uh, the funny part is there was a guy when we were, when we were six players left, guy brought up the idea of chopping at that point. And the guy that was the shortest stack at the table, um, said, no, he didn't want to make a chop at that point. Right. And he made, you know, we knocked out one guy and this guy made it, you know, the guy that didn't want to chop made it to the last five and, and then brought up the idea of chopping again. And one guy said, absolutely not. We should have chopped it an hour ago. Now, now we're, we're sitting here. Right. You, you're really making me angry. I mean, yeah. he actually used a few more choice words. Um, yeah. but, uh, um, and the, so it was poetic justice. Cause the guy that, that if he had taken the chop 
an hour and a half earlier, he would have made more money than he did when he we ended, actually ended up shopping. He actually ended I'm up glad I'm glad that that happened. And of course, all I yeah. can envision in my head is the scene in Michael Clayton where they're sitting around playing poker. <laughs> Who's that guy? Who's the guy? Was the guy was on the show with us? Yes. Oh, I, I he wrote it. Yes, he wrote, wrote the billi- scene. Yeah, and he's done billions. Yeah, yeah. 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 Brian so, Coppelman. I mean, Brian Coleman. Right. So that yes. was great. I mean, that, you know, that's all I can envision that it gets late at night and at some point someone's going to kill someone at the table. That's pretty it simple. Was, it was really, it was really, really late, really, really early, depending which way you look at it. Um, but, uh, but all the guys were, were really great, really great to play with. Good for you. Um, it was, it was fun. It was a great time. I'm glad I did it. Uh, did you tell yeah, your mom? You. Did you tell your mom oh, you did it? So I told my mom, and I, I didn't she realize. Angry you playing poker? Well, no, no, she quite the opposite. I didn't realize when I told her the story. It was it was yesterday morning while I was driving home, and and I didn't realize that she was eating breakfast at the time, and she almost choked on her food. <laughs> and <laughs> when I told her, uh, the when exact I told her amount. To eat, yeah, the exact amount. She, she I, I could hear the spit take on the phone. <laughs> was, uh, Congratulations, <laughs> Phil. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you very much. We're happy for yeah. you. Thank you. Save your money. All right. It's Phil the show killer, no. Phil Sapaglia, boys and girls. It's the making of a great 30 for 30. It's, yeah, Absolutely. that's right. Absolutely. Uh, if only Simmons could was still there, Simmons would, of course, immediately start rolling camera. Uh, a couple of other things. Can we discuss the Mark Feinsand message to me? Oh, this is what I wake up to. I, I get this from a DM uh, from Feinsand, who's been very busy, so taking time out to send the two of us DMs here. I don't have Tony's cell, but please tell him I send my sincere congratulations on Wander Suero being non-tendered. Yeah. Crying laughing emoji. <laughs> yes. So finally, the Nats have decided to part ways. You know, and, and I won't even say it's not mutual. It's not mutual. Of course it's not mutual. Wander Suero does not want to be axed like this. But to be but fair, Wander's, he never looked like he wanted to enter the game. He well, that's stinks. Point. He's, yes. He was just death for years. So, you know, I'm happy he's gone. 633 ERA in 2021. Ugh. Now, you know what will happen, right? He'll go to, like, the Giants or something he'll like be great. that. <laughs> like Blake Trinan was. Right, he'll be great. All of a sudden, right. he'll be unhittable. I have something to show everybody here that they have not seen before. And by everybody here, I mean Michael and Nigel. First, I have a note. No, read that. Read it out loud for the first time. To Tony and the podcast crew, thank you for all the support. Uh, Brooke- Whoa. Brooke, Brooke 40. 40. Oh, Brooke 40. She signs oh. it with a 40. Oh, 40. I was like, I didn't understand that. Yeah, Brooke That's good marketing. Oh, look at oh. that. It's a bathing cap. It's an American flag bathing cap. It's an Olympic bathing cap. It says 40, and then she signs Brooke 40. That and is We don't have a trophy case. I don't know what to do with this, but yeah. how great is that? Yeah, we got to get that. How great is that? That's we, should just... put, we should put that under glass. Yeah, that's got to be fine. We should go to Framebridge. Yeah. Oh, we sure. should go to Framebridge. I'm assigning this to you. Yeah. Be careful with okay. it because there's a signature on it. Did you say you want me to sign this as no, well? No. Yeah. We, should, we should go to Thanks. Framebridge and we should Nine. get that. <laughs> Isn't that is great? Tony with that a Y or an I? So I think it's great. And that's apparently how she signs her name, 4D. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Making thank money you, off that name and likeness. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Pat. Smart thing to do. Yes. So what do you mean, thank you, Pat? It's well, Brooke. Think, well, I think Pat, you know, I don't know. Pat probably got the address. Yeah, he got the address. But come on. Let's thank, let's thank the person who actually <laughs> yes. did. And, and by the way, I feel, you know, this is apples and oranges. There's a, there's a, uh, a package back at my flat that I'm, I've been meaning to bring over all week, right here. It's maple syrup for you. It's lots of maple syrup for you. Doesn't really compare to the. the, the There's been a shortage of maple syrup. Yes. They have to go into the reserves. Oh. Vermont, Vermont. 
oh, had a problem is... with maple, maple syrup. Well, then this will be great. I'm not a syrup guy. Oh. Okay. Do you like the fake syrup or the real syrup? I don't care about syrup. I don't use syrup very much. Well, I, when, for example, a lot of people use, I use it on pancakes. pancakes and as Michael and, can yeah. tell you, I eat pancakes maybe once every three years. I love to eat them, but it's only once every three years. Yeah. I do not on French toast. But you do love IHOP. I do love IHOP. Sure. I do. IHOP's great. Um, I love Denny's and IHOP. Yeah. Uh, but once every three years. We go to the one on Route 1 every yeah. once in a while. And you get the senior discount. You get like the mini stack. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I don't use it on French toast. I only use um, butter and Jam? Uh, preserves on French toast. I do not use... So I'm not a big... Do you remember at diners when I was a kid when you used to just get the stack of preserves and just eat them I would one eat by them. one? I would, I'd stick a spoon in them and just <laughs> eat them. But only raspberry preserves. I don't like other preserves. I, I'm an old, crazy person. <laughs> so maple syrup, while I'm grateful, you know, it's, it's sort of lost on me. Right. Sort of lost on me. Um, the one other thing is we're getting our chimney fixed today mm -hmm. so that Santa come, can come down. We have two chimneys in our house. We've been in this house for 30 years. The chimney in the living room, we've never used. Michael, right? We've never, never thought it was working. I have wood in it, but that's just decorative. Sure. You know, speaking of decorative, did you see like the decorative snow yesterday for about 10 minutes? Conversational. <laughs> Conversational. The boys yeah, were yeah, yeah, yeah. Falling down. Yeah. So we use the, the anyway, the, the, we use the one in the family room, in effect, or den or kitchen or whatever you call it. I mean, you know, it's where we do all of our living. But the one in the living room is sucking air out of the boiler and causing us a problem with the heat in the house. So we have to get it lined. I don't really understand this. I just understand it's a lot of money. And I understand that they're going to come today and they're going to do this. Um, I don't know if other homeowners have this happen a lot, particularly with a, a fireplace and a chimney that we've, ne we've never used. And that's part of the original house, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not the add-on. Yeah. Yeah, but it makes sense why you got to do that because you, if, if it's just leaching out cold air, yes, or you're leaching out the, the hot air, yeah, you can't. leaching bad word, yes. leaching, yes, can't have that. It's, there's no good context for leaching. <laughs> really is. All right, so we will take a break. When we come back, Barry's Verluga will join us. Lots of stuff to talk about in Washington D.C. and Barry's going to talk about it. I hope I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a Simply Safe ad. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. This week, Simply Safe is giving listeners early access to all of their holiday deals, 40% off their award-winning home security. Simply Safe has everything you need to make your home safe: indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report. And you can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes and even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. You ought to think about that. <laughs> I'm telling you. Take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deals and get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com/tony. Again, that's simplysafe.com/tony, S I M P L I. For 40% off your entire system. Don't be an idiot. Use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Whiskey Water Deep. Let me read this. My name is Chris Scott. I'm from Rockford, Michigan. I'm proud to submit a couple of songs my daughter-in-law, Alicia Scott, recorded with the Fast Hands Band on their album Handful of Vices, 
released last year just in time for the pandemic. Of course, the album's available on all the usual streaming platforms. They were not able to perform until this past August, but they have two shows coming up in Grand Rapids, Michigan on December 5th, which is Sunday, I believe, and then December 12th, which would be the following Sunday at Billy's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is Alicia Scott. Two songs. It's big time stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's big time stuff. Unbelievably talented. It's such a wow. Makes you want to reach for a founders. Just wonderful. All right. Um, Barry Zverluga joins us now. There's just, if you're a columnist in Washington, D.C., like Barry is for The Post, it's a treasure trove. Like, things happen all the time. Not only does Max Scherzer go somewhere else to sign, but the Washington football team is winning a lot of games and drawing no people. A complete embarrassment to the league on Monday night. The Wizards, who have stunk for years and finished 9-20 in their first 29 for 100 years, are suddenly good. And, as if that's not enough, apparently Robert Griffin III is writing a book that's going to destroy the Washington football team. And it was leaked out yesterday. He's writing it with um, Gary Myers. Am I right on that, Barry? Are you up to speed on this thing, on the Robert yeah. Griffin thing? Yeah, I mean, a little a little bit, yes. He is writing it with a longtime pro football writer, Gary Myers. I mean, he's written it, I guess. So it's supposed to be a tell-all about yeah. Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Dan Snyder, triumvirate at the time. That, apparently, it, it, it's called, it's, it's, it's even it's nasty, like forgetting Washington or escaping Surviving Wash Washington. Surviving, Surviving Washington. Washington. Here's a guy who was, I thought, treated great here by fans. Treated great. With all of his ridiculous self-indulgences, where all it seemed he cared about was making money on the side. Trademarks. You know, and all of that stuff. And now he's blasting Washington. And apparently, according to News 4 last night, he was going to talk about, you know, all terrible things that happened under Dan Snyder and power uh, struggles between Snyder and the Shanahans. I, I, I just, my general feeling is, and I, by the way, I've seen him on TV, he's good. He's good doing games. My general feeling is, really? Like, you didn't think you were treated well here? Am I off on that? No, I don't think you're off at all. I mean, it, this, nothing is more complicated than Washingtonians or Washington football fans' relationship with Robert Griffin III because yeah. in, in a microcosm, he's the best thing that's happened to them in, in 30 years. The, the yes. 2012 season felt magical at, at times until it was you know, another in an endless series of, of low points because, I mean, according to Griffin, you know, the Shanahan's put him out there and maybe he shouldn't have been and the playoff game against Seattle and his leg went sideways and his career was never the, the same. Um, but that that season is, I, I would argue, if you remove everything else around it, is the high watermark um, because it felt like, for once, this inept franchise um, had... Uh, the ability to be moving forward. Um, now it's just a symbol of how everybody who walks into that building comes out being sullied on the other side somehow. Welcome to the world of infinite infinite possibilities, or whatever the phrase I used about Robert Griffin. But but he wanted to come back the next year on his own terms, right? Didn't he sign some sort of promotional deal? And he and he, you know, even though he was injured, he was coming back on his own terms and discussing he'll be there from day one or something like that. Am I wrong on this, Barry? All, oh, not unbridled optimism one. is what I called it. All in for all week in one, right? For week one, yep, yep. That's absolutely right, and that was kind of saying. You're right. It was his terms, but it yes. also 
I mean, I can't believe we're relitigating this in 2021. I mean, it was his <laughs> his terms in in terms of how am I going to be used? Look what happened to me when I was a a running um, you know run option quarterback. I got killed, and I have a, a track star's body, not a. I'm not Lamar Jackson. I'm not That's built right. that That's way. Right. I'm, right. I'm more of a live athlete. So I need to be a pocket passer. And the Shanahan's are standing there going, well, you're not good enough to be just a straight-up pocket passer. So I'm, I'll be curious as to as to exactly what he says about the environment there. But I don't think you're wrong in that um, he was viewed for you know a Comets minute as – the savior. And um, it's interesting that almost a decade later, he's just going to torch the place. Yeah. Well, let's stay with the Washington football team. I am surprised. I'm surprised they've been this good on defense without Chase Young. I am surprised and happily surprised that uh, Taylor Heineke is a folk hero. They are in the playoff mix. And, and the fact of the matter is that their last five games are divisional games. So it's on their rackets. No excuses, right? They can do it. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, and I join you in the surprise. I mean, I went to the Tampa game after uh, the bye week, and, you know, they were 2-6 and six and on a four-game losing streak and coming out of the bye to face Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, and um, who were also coming out of a bye. And, you know, I, I had my fingers set on the keyboard to type, you know, 35-10 to 10 and write <laughs> off the season and never appear at FedEx Field again. And, and where are we now? Um, they're right. I mean, they would be the seventh seed uh, in the playoffs if the um, if the season ended right now. And and you're correct. After the game Sunday at Las Vegas, which, despite what Vegas did on Thanksgiving in Dallas, is a winnable game that that franchises in you know not a small level of upheaval. Um, and then they do have the five divisional games against. You know, two against Philly, that uh, a Philly team that is certainly gettable. Two against Dallas, which is beat up and and not performing to how it was earlier in the season, and one against the Giants, who um, despite they yeah, stink. they're just not good. So, right. so is it doable? Yes, and, and I would say Tony, the two intriguing storylines are exactly the two that you hit on. Is one Chase Young is supposed to be a generational talent, an edge rusher that disrupts uh, offenses for years to come. And it's inarguable that without him on the field, this defense has played better. Um, uh, Connecting those dots is going to be an interesting thing over the last, if that continues over the last month and a half of the season. And the second thing is Heineke, because it's my belief that this franchise or any franchise is inherently limited um, on what it can achieve, not only in a single season, but year to year in terms of consistent success, um, unless and until it finds stability at at quarterback. This kid, who a year ago at this time was a graduate math student sleeping on his sister's couch, um, has kind of thrown a wrench into all that. I'm not willing to say that they've got their their quarterback for 2022 and through 25. I'm just, I'm not willing to say that because of physical limitations, but I am willing to say that, man, he's intriguing and you can tell the way these guys talk about him that, um, you know, they just say like, you know, he's a baller. Like he, he gets things done. Um, he's fun to watch play. 
And and I I just feel like you know he's not only has he secured the job for the rest of the year, but he he really makes things interesting as to how they evaluate the position you know in 2022 and going forward. I think he's somebody you can root for. I mean I I saw this last year when McLaurin and Chase Young, who come from big time program Ohio State, and and they had a one of their own as a quarterback on that team and they responded to Heineke in ways that you go really they were t- they appeared to be totally confident in him do you get that sense that that even though as you say there are limitations that he exudes something that gives others confidence around him a thousand percent i mean and, and part of it is a, a confidence that he has that is not cockiness but but definitely a, a brashness that that says, okay, boys, like you want to play football? Like I'm going to draw some stuff up in the sand and we're going to play football. And, and he's, he's not, you do not get the sense that he's some sort of elitist, like keep, keep my Jersey clean and we'll be fine boys. He, he's like, I'm getting down in the dirt with you. I'm going to come out after the game in a Bud Light sweatshirt. Um, and, and we're going to blue collar our way to a, a yeah, couple, a I couple agree. of wins. Um, and I totally agree with you that, He's exactly the kind of character that you you do root for because yeah. one that backstory of being an unemployed and on the precipice of just not never getting another chance, um, and two the way he's handled it since he has had the chance, which is with um, a, a, a kind of an admirable confidence that belies the the precipice that he once was up against. So I'm I, I love the story. Uh, I like the character. He makes them um, intriguing uh, over this last month and a half. If you watch the game on Monday night, you could not help but see how many empty seats. The entire top ring of the stadium was empty. Many, many of the club seats were empty. If you sit on Park Avenue in New York City, you go, oh, my God. We can't have this, can't have a primetime game where nobody is there in what used to be a great franchise for us. Right? Aren't you thinking that? Well, yes, but you were thinking that last month and last year and, and five years right. ago. I mean, the erosion of this franchise uh, has been a drip, drip, drip over over 20 years. And, you know, to the point where not only is the fabricated wait list for season tickets, um, you know, that, that myth has now been torched, and, and appropriately so, um, but uh, they are dead last in out of 32 teams in the NFL, they rank 32nd in, in attendance at 51,000, about 51 and a half thousand per, per game. Um, that Unthinkable is, for you, someone like me. Unthinkable. Cause when I came here, you know, it was Denver and Washington had the two most passionate fan bases in the entire league. It's unbelievable to me. It's, and it's not, it, but you know, that how this, Played out, Tony. I mean, sure. Sure. when there's on the field lack of success, and that is one playoff victory this century, and that playoff victory was in 2005, um, and then just the endless barrage of off the field, you know, some of it just stupid shenanigans that doesn't matter, and some of it really offensive um, stories about the environment that, that Dan Snyder oversaw in terms of how women were treated and, and, um, and all of that, there's, there's enough there for, um, 
a, not a small portion of the fan base to say, I'm not, I'm not spending my money on this. Now, I might turn it on, um, but I'm not, I'm not putting in the time, the dollars, and the emotions to go out to that you know, really lousy stadium uh, and, and, and take in a product that I'm eternally disappointed in. Now, I will say this. The people that show up, and I, and I felt this way against Tampa, and I felt this way on Monday night. There is when when things work out and they finish off that ten and a half minute drive that that killed the Tampa game, and they and Kendall Fuller comes up with the pick in the end zone on the two point conversion that sealed the Seattle game. There is joy and hugs, and and the fifty one thousand people who are there are thrilled that for once the team that they have invested in. Is, is coming through. So I, I do think there's still, if, despite all the bitterness toward the owner in the, in the fan base, um, there are large segments of the fan base that are still willing to root for the players and the coaches who go out there every day, every week. Okay. I'll get you out of here on this. Max Scherzer, warrior god. I cannot root against Max Scherzer ever, never, cannot do it. I'm okay with him being in the Mets. I hope uh, to see him come down to Nats Park and throw seven great innings and then the Mets bullpen to implode <laughs> and the Nats to win. Um, what are your feelings? You know Max Scherzer better than I. I you just can't turn down that money. It's crazy, stupid money, isn't it? No, you can't. You can't. And I, I think I initially reacted with kind of a like, because I, the Mets came out of left field and I really all along was thinking, I mean, I'll be honest. I, was I thought he'd stay with the Dodgers. Dodgers. Dodgers yeah, me too. Because sure. I, I thought, here's what I thought. I thought at this point in Max Scherzer's career, nothing matters more than legacy. And the way you further your legacy is by winning more championships. That's one way. And the team, the franchise that is annually set up to win more championships is, is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers. And, that, that's sure. an, and they also can spend and they love short contracts that have a high average annual value. Um, but Steve Cohen, the, the newish owner of the Mets, is, is not here to not win. Um, and, and he, I was told, you know, this was a Cohen push, and um, this is a, a new way to do a contract is have a short term, which benefits the, the risk for the, the team is, is low, but have an enormous, you know, annual value of $43.5 million or whatever it was. Um, I do think that viscerally, uh, and I, I understand never rooting against um, Scherzer for, for everything, you know, that he accomplished here, which was a World Series and two Cy Youngs and two no-hitters and 20 strikeouts and every yeah. single start being appointment television. Um, I do think seeing him at Nats Park stomping and snorting uh, around the mound um, in orange and blue and gray is, is going to be, um, that's going to be a bit of a, 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 an adjustment. I agree with that, but it's not like Bryce Harper, who left for, with unfinished business and who left in a taunting manner. Although, I, I'll tell you, I, I really thought Scherzer would stay there because I thought that they would say to him, look, we have no idea what's going to happen with the Cy Young Award winner who we don't think will ever play Major League Baseball again. And it's very possible that Clayton Kershaw will go to, to Texas, where he's from. So we'll, we'll give you the moon. And I thought that would be enough. And so you know, um, what I don't... I did. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I don't know. I've tried to get what the what the Dodgers offered, so we could see. You know, we can look at apples yeah. to apples. Um, I don't know it, uh, and I, and it could be that third year is a bridge too far because, you know, look, he's he's going to turn 38 next July. 
I have learned long ago not to bet against Max Scherzer um, because he just, you know, every time you think, well, okay, that's enough for this time, it's, it's too much. And, and there's some evidence this, you know, he did not take the ball in game six for the Dodgers because he was completely gassed and the Dodgers didn't advance to the World Series in part because of that. You could say, whoa, is this the end of a line? I mean, I, I've, he's taught me not to say that about him. Um, but the, those questions are, are, are real. I would, I'd love to know that Dodgers offer so we know, yeah. okay, whoa, the Mets just blew it out of the water uh, and there, it was really not a contest. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, thank you. Talk soon. Appreciate it, Tony. Thanks very much. Barry Verluga, tremendous columnist at the Washington Post. We will take a break. Chuck Todd will join us and start picking games. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening, You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the SeatGeek ad. It says, host, talk about how you have the SeatGeek app, and it's the best way to get tickets for live events. Talk about an event, team, concert, etc. you're excited to see live. I don't have the app. You guys have the app. There's one game you have to go see right now. Go check out tickets to your Washington Wizards and see if you can find seats behind the Socialite. Ooh. Yeah, the, yeah. The those might be, a, be those might be a red light seat, but the yeah, Socialite will be yeah. there because because Nathan is on the bench. Nathan oh. coaching the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's that's... on the bench on a hot team, and that's really good. Do you have the app? I do have the app. You use the app? I do. Yeah. It's fantastic. Gives you, it shows you the best deals. It's really easy. Uh, there's no reason not to have it. SeatGeek is incredibly popular with all kinds of people, including expatriate Brits. In fact, it's the highest-rated <laughs> ticketing app, whether it's concerts, baseball, basketball, football, festivals, or anything else. SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you're getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means Bad. Bad. You can get $20 off your first purchase with the promo code Tony at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. That's promo code Tony for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. Why would you not do that? SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Download the app today and use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Alicia Scott who's recorded these tunes with the Fast Hands Band on the album Head Full of Vices. Michigan Girl. This is called Regrettable Blues. I don't know. I mean, as somebody who doesn't have any talent, I really sort of admire people with talent. And I'm continually, not amazed, but surprised at how many people have talent. You know, it's... How can she not be a star? <laughs> right. That's one line. How can she not be a star? Alicia Scott. Michael, if people like Alicia Scott want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. Alicia Scott plays in Chuck Todd. Chuck had a good week. Chuck's last two games, he closed very well. Chuck finished 5-2. and two. He's now 39-44-1. That's pretty good. I mean, you can see Mount 500 from there. And I had some questions about a bunch of lines here, so let's let's just do the games. Are you are you proud about how you closed last I, week? I you am, did well. I'm proud that I've I've uh, I've done better for you than I have for me, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've had a okay. tremendous three week run. Yeah, I, well, uh, you pick your own say, games. Uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm I've renewed my job, yeah. and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's go to Dallas at New Orleans. New Orleans has no quarterback. 
You know, they really don't. New Orleans has hit the bricks lately like Seattle has hit the bricks. But Dallas has stunk the joint out in a couple of games recently. Dallas hasn't looked good at all recently. Dallas is a, is a road favorite four and a half. And this is going to come down to what is, your, what is your level of faith in Dallas without Mike McCarthy, which may be higher, or your level of faith in Sean Payton to reverse this trend? Because if Pete Carroll can't do it, I'm not sure Sean Payton can do it, Chuck. The only thing I'm wondering is, is Kamara uh, available or not? Because yeah, it does seem know. as if, and, and, I, and we don't know yet. And, I, and look, I, I did think, oh, Dallas without McCarthy, it may mean they, uh, they don't screw up the play clock at the end of the game. Um, if it's close, I, you have to go with Dallas here. They're, they're, they should be the better team. They are on paper. The Saints are a mash unit, right? They don't have That's any right. receivers. Forget running back. They don't have receivers. If Dallas loses this game, then I think you start to see, um, uh, you know, the network that pays your salary uh, have a full-on meltdown, right? And the full-on Dallas agree. meltdown, meltdown. I agree. So that's good for television. It's good for business. Yeah, it's always good. It's good for the four-letter network. So, you know, there All you right. go. But give me Dallas. All right. Here's another one. It, it, you talk about how lines change and perceptions of teams change. The L.A. charges at Cincinnati – Six weeks ago, the L.A. Chargers are a five-point favorite in this game. Now they're getting three. Now people are believing in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow is going to be a great quarterback. Justin Herbert may be a great quarterback, too. Uh, I'm surprised the Chargers are getting three in Cincinnati. How about you? I'm not. Not after the way Cincinnati's been playing, but I'll be honest with you. I never get the Bengals right. I cannot. Yeah. I cannot read them. I don't have them. I still think that Burrow looks like he's he's one more sack away from, you know, having an injury because that line isn't that great there. But man, Joe Mixon's playing I mean it's Yep. It's it's a pretty good offense. Pretty fun team and, and they it's a pretty it's just a pretty the Chargers have to win this game. This feels like if they don't win this game, I, I think they're done for you know, I think it I don't know how they get well, – everybody's alive in the playoffs right now, so I shouldn't assume that. I know a game coming up, we're all going to be shocked as playoff implications. But yeah. this feels like a Chargers gotcha. And uh, after the big Steelers win, I'm, I'm betting on a little bit of Bengals letdown. They don't get to blow out the Steelers very often, right? Okay, so, so you'll take gonna, the Chargers plus I'm going to go letdown and Chargers needing it. Yeah. Okay. Here's one that the line changed dramatically overnight. The New York Giants were getting three at Miami. The New York Giants are now getting five at Miami. The New York Giants yeah. won a game. The New York Giants stink. But I think <laughs> yeah. the Dolphins have stunk all year as well. And just lately, they've won a couple of games. That's a pretty big number against an offense, a Miami offense. And you're from the area. You know better than I. But that's not a big-time yeah. offense. They don't score you know, a lot. I agree with you, except I saw this meme on Twitter. And I know you're a big meme guy on Twitter. So I'm I sure love you've memes. Seen it. But I will go ahead and describe it for you, for everybody else who hasn't seen it. And it put up the statistics of Kyler Murray was one of those through whatever it is, right, through 40 games. Kyler Murray yeah. versus Tua. Tua, uh, Tua basically hit, but I, I outdid him in five of six categories. Better TD to hmm. touchdown ratio, better this, better. Tua, you know, he dinks and dunks his way into decent stats. And when they don't make mistakes, they, they, they sort of know how to win ugly. They're not pretty. You realize that they were, what, 1-7? and seven? They get the Giants this week. They have the Jets next week. They could be 7-7. Seven and seven. Wow. And, it, and, and, wow. and you're sitting there, and you still don't feel like Miami's a playoff team, but the Giants also look like it's over. 
right? Giants that this thing. is they got rid of the they got rid of Garrett. Um, you know, but it's 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 time to to fold tent here. So I think that's another reason. So I I don't like the Dolphins given that many points, but I I don't want to be on the side of the Giants. Yeah, the but there's here. always a but. And the butt is you don't want to be on the side of the Giants. Okay, Baltimore coming out of <clears throat> yet another close win, a comeback win, close win, which is what Baltimore does all the time, goes to Pittsburgh. These teams actually don't like each other. Um, yeah. Pittsburgh appears to be dead in the water, though. Baltimore is giving four and a half. Uh, if you think this is Pittsburgh's last stand, you take Pittsburgh. In any other case, you take Baltimore, right, and you give the four and a half. I was all over Pittsburgh against the Bengals for the, all the reasons you're just describing for this week, right? They got to yeah. get this game and it's a, it, Oh, by the way, it's a division rival. I'm a believer. Almost always take the points in a interdivision game. You know, if I swear, if you do that, you're going to win most of the time, just almost blindly do it. Right. Cause you play each other twice a year, you know, each other. Well, you know, it's going to be lower scoring, all that. But, but why do I feel like the Steelers this week or the team you and I talked about on the Seahawks last week? You're like, yeah, it's maybe it's over. over. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's I, over. I and, and, and getting blown out. I want that half point. I wish it weren't three and a half. I want to take the Steelers here, but not after what I saw last week. Uh, so. It's four and a half. It went up a point. It's four and a half. Oh, four and a half. It's a lot. Still, I, I, don't, I don't like I take what Baltimore. I saw from the Steelers. No, I don't like I would what take I saw. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with the Ravens. Here's another divisional game for you. Denver is at Kansas City. I don't, me personally, I don't believe in Denver even a little. I mean, I just, I, I don't believe in Denver even a little. I know Teddy Bridgewater is okay, but I don't believe in them. Uh, Kansas City is off a bye, right? That's coming out of a bye. Right. Isn't Andy, Andy Reid of 10,001 right. right. coming right. out of a bye? He's Bill Belichick after a bye, yeah. But it's right. 10. It's 10. It's too a divisional many. game, 10. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm playing the number. It's too many. And, I, and I'm with you on Denver. They're not a good team, and yet every time you think you've figured them out, they somehow whip, shut out Dallas, or, you know, they, they come up with something. I think it's yeah. a well-coached team. You know, I do think he knows how to get up for games that matter, too. Yeah. So Fangio does with that defense. So give me I just um, don't think he has a team. That's too many. Yeah, okay. That's too many points. And by the way, the Chiefs are still a team that never covers the spread, right? Yes. You know, we should, you know that, that, that's still sitting out there. Ten points feels like a lot for them. And if they win by nine... You know, are they back? To, it's also all the backdoor stuff. I mean, yeah, too many points in the NFL. Okay. Here's another divisional game, and this is the game that people want to see because this is the game that will tell you is New England for real or not with their six-game winning streak and a very impressive, very impressive win against Tennessee, and that's because their coach is really smart. Bill Belichick, really smart. Not interested in being called a genius, just would like to win. New England is plus two and a half at Buffalo. New England's a hotter team than Buffalo right now. And if you say, well, Buffalo, it's really cold. Well, you think it's not cold in Foxborough? You know, it's not the Miami Dolphins going up there. This is New England just going across the state, basically. Plus two and a half. Who do you take? Because it's a big game. Well, I don't think I can get caught being on the side of the Patriots against the Bills. You know, I'm contractually obligated at Meet the Press to to, to root for the Bills every <laughs> once in a while. You know, when I when I have yeah. to, I can't I can't embarrass the Bills on national on national podcast radio here. So, right. uh, and, and and but let me tell you, this feels like betting against the Patriots right now. One time, my worst Vegas moment. I go to Vegas and I have a friend says, "Hey, let's go make a quick hundred bucks on roulette. Come on, let's just like put a hundred on black and let's see if we're gonna have good luck." 
you lose it. And I'm like, oh, I got to get that hundred back. So I put the two hundred in black. Cause, and we went to a roulette wheel that mm-hmm. had six reds in a row. And you think, well, it's just going to hit. You know, the odds are right. Of course. Yeah. Then it was seven reds in a row. Then it was eight reds in a row. Then it was nine. Five hundred dollars later. And that was my budget for the entire weekend. I'm broke, <laughs> betting against the stupid roulette table, which of course right. I fear I'm betting against Belichick here. It is it because my you know because you're like, well, I can't win seven in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I'm going to take the Bills, but I'm uncomfortable with it. I'll admit. I would be too. I would be too. Um, Belichick has found something. Mac Jones. I think he has too. Uh, I, mean, I yes, mean, but Buffalo has to win this game. Yes, and I they do. do. Think they care about this game and all of that. So, okay. And at least it's less than a field goal. Let us now move to the game that Chuck alluded to before teams in playoff positions that you never thought would be this year. And one of them is the Washington football team, who you both, you and I agreed, <laughs> were going to beat Seattle. And they beat Seattle. It was close, but they beat Seattle. They are getting two and a half at Las Vegas. Las Vegas won a game the other day. I, I didn't think they'd win any more games all year. And as soon as I said that, they won the next game. And Derek Carr's statistics, I suspect, are very good. I suspect they are. are. Washington doesn't score a lot of points. Vegas scores a lot of points. Washington's defense, though, has been better, amazingly, without Chase Young. They've given up in their last three games, and they've won them all, a total of 55 points. And you can win in the NFL giving up 18 points a game. Who you got in this one? Yeah, this this game feels... Unbettable with me to me in real money because I I don't you know I don't trust that for all the reasons you just said I don't know if they can score enough points yeah uh, to beat to beat Las Vegas here but I also have been betting on Las Vegas throwing in the towel for three of the last four weeks and that hasn't yeah. happened either so I'm done doing that so just based on the on the on on there it's two and a half right two and a half yeah um. And this has is that half point. I feel like is 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 going to matter here, but I'm going to go ahead and and, and take the Raiders um, because I guess I just don't I just don't envision Washington winning this game. I don't. I w- was confident is the wrong word. I thought Washington was going to beat Seattle, and they did. Yeah, they almost. Blew I it. don't. I I don't like them in this game, and the reason I don't is because the next five games after this are the whole deal for them. They're all division games, and this one won't matter. It honestly won't matter when you get five in a row in division where each game Chuck counts as two, not one. So, I mean, I I think I would take Vegas in this one, too, even though I don't like Vegas. I know. So, anyway. All right. So, we're we're in agreement. Go ahead. can Can we go 30 seconds to complain about the baseball team? We, we can do that, but wouldn't you first like to talk about Murray and the championships well, Murray has about won? That. Murray and the championship football program. That, yeah. That, uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm ecstatic about that. It was an yeah. exciting game. I don't. I, I it it to the point of it looked like Murray was going to lose on a pick six. They tackle the guy inside the ten. They hold them from scoring. They drive 95 yards down the field and kick the winning field goal at the buzzer. And the kid who kicks the winning field goal is a freshman who hadn't kicked a field goal all year. That's How wonderful. cool is that? That's and wonderful. WFT man, could use How him. cool is that? Yeah, he could play yeah. for Washington. So go ahead he and blast. He may get signed. I was just going to say, I'll give Jay Rubis a shout-out here. He may get signed by Washington next week, right? They've been yeah. looking for field goals. Well, goal they're, kickers, they're so. a field goal kicker a week at this point. Yeah, they, they yeah. take this kid. Um, so um, go ahead, other than uh, blast Wander, the team. Other than the Wander Swero news, what good news <laughs> has come out of Washington? Right? You did see know. the Wander Swero news. I know you're yes, excited yes. about 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, you know he'll get signed in like May of next year by the Nationals. Oh. You do know that. Yeah, right? of course. And he'll be in the bullpen May 15th yeah. <laughs> and blow but, a game. But, but tell me this. That is, what, what is, it is, they're already signaling we are not trying next year. It is a terrible message to send to the fans. I'm sorry. The Nationals are already signaling we're the, Mar- the Marlins have done more free agent signings than the Nats. Make you feel good? Staying on the sidelines so far are the three richest teams and most competitive teams in baseball, the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Red Sox, on the mm-hmm. sidelines so far. Nats on the sideline <laughs> completely. Uh, completely. I agree with you that I want to believe there's a plan, and if there is a plan, next year's not in it. I mean, that's what it's going to be. Next year's not in it. And and what's that message to Soto? Yeah, and and so, right, Michael brings up the point. How do you convince Juan Soto to sign when you consign him to a 110-loss team? Right, Chuck? How how do you sell that? You know, and if you lose Soto, you've lost everybody. Yeah. I mean, look and, who and you've lost. Braves prove, and here's the other thing. I'm actually a big believer in Rizzo. I think the guy is a pretty savvy. He's, he, he's pretty good at finding diamonds in the rough. And the Braves out-Rizzoed Rizzoed and won a World yes. Series doing it. Yes. What's wrong with playing a little bit of that game? You know, where you, you, you get I, – I just – it. you know, the but NL the, but to be fair, to win. It isn't to that be fair to on the We're Braves. We're not looking at a ton of people, but anyway. Right. Well, I don't know. I think the Mets are a good team, and I think the Phillies are a good team. But if uh, to be fair with the Braves, the great signings came in the middle of the year. Yeah. They were not pre preseason. They but, were in the middle of the year. But that is Rizzo's mo trying to trying to fix the holes at the deadline. Yeah. Except for us, historically, the holes have been bullpen issues where the Braves where he's not in have, charge yeah, of the bullpen. The Braves yeah. not have as deep of a deficit right. there. All right. Good. Now, for, that's, anyway, that's, it just is depressing because. I just twenty twenty two is a campaign year. If if I don't have the Nationals as my sort of break at night yeah. to follow winning a few games every now and then, oh, it's gonna be depressing. Anyway Don't be depressed. Good news, don't though, be depressed. Is that don't. is that Wander Suero has wandered off. Yes. That is yes, he's line. gone. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, monkey. All right. Chuck Todd, boys okay. and girls, and if we just gave you Chuck Todd, you'd be happy. Because he's great. Let's see, he hosts Meet the Press. We give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the bikes by two. Sometimes he throws poo, poo, poo. When he's had too much, Johnny Walker blue. Reginald was the only, I can't say person, right, the only prognosticator who lost last week. Carville won, Jeff Ma won, Chuck Todd won, Reginald went one and two last week, but he's 18 and 18 overall. At 500. And he's a monkey. (laughs) He's a monkey. So what did you get from him this week? Yeah, it was a big Thanksgiving week for him. In fact, he loves the holidays. And when I went down to the National Zoo uh, just yesterday, he was with the National Zoo carolers. They were practicing. You'd be interested to hear who's in that. It's a a lots of gibbons, uh, a couple of baboons, a few ring-tailed lemurs, and Pat Collins was there as well. Yeah, yeah, with his snow stick. There you Anxiously go. waiting for that first snowfall. And they were working on their rendition of God Rest Ye Merry Chimpanzees. Yes. But they took a break hit. from that to go, oh, yes, it was a huge hit for Big them. Hit. Yes. Neil Augenstein doing live updates from Connecticut <laughs> Avenue. I believe yeah. he was. Neil <laughs> Augenstein. 
So the first match we gave him was uh, Cincinnati at home giving three to the LA Chargers. And he showed me an old photograph of him at a fondue party with Cesar Geronimo, Dan Dreesen, and Sam Weish. That tells me he's got strong ties to the Queen City, and he will, in fact, take, take the Cincinnati. Bengals. Yes. It feels good about that one. Um, the next one we gave him, as you talk about, one of the most anticipated games of this uh, upcoming week is uh, New England at Buffalo getting two and a half. And this was actually a newspaper story in the Boston Globe. Showed a photo of, of Reginald reenacting the Battle of Bunker Hill alongside uh, John Havlicek, Bill Spaceman Lee, and Sam Bam Cunningham. Tells me he's got ties, strong ties to the New England area. This is the game we all want to see. Oh, yes. This is the one game. Got to okay. wait till Monday for that. So he'll take the Patriots. And, of course, the last match we gave him was the Washington football team getting two and a half in Las Vegas at the Raiders. Uh, and this was interesting. He showed me a series of videos, Mr. Tony, of him getting tossed out of various casinos, including Circus Circus, the Bellagio, Caesars. In fact, he then showed me paperwork. He's been banned from entering the city limits for what they call conduct, general conduct, unbecoming of a monkey. Okay. So he can't go into Las Vegas. So he, he doesn't like Vegas. Doesn't like Vegas. He's going to take the Washington football team. That's how we interpret it. Well, that, that's, everything is, of course, subject to interpretation. <laughs> so we will take a break. We will have email and jingle. When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Shopify ad. Shopify is more than a store. Connect with your customers. Drive sales. Manage your day-to-day. Shopify instantly lets you accept all major payment methods. Shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots to and beyond. I have no idea what I just read. None. Michael, what is Shopify, essentially? Shopify is going to help you sell, ship, and process payments anywhere, whether you already have an existing uh, storefront that might be a physical store and you're trying to move it online, whether you're just trying to grow your business. You know what? I have a personal endorsement here. Your daughter-in-law, one Liz Hardwick Kornheiser, her small team, the Folio Collaborative, is using Shopify. So there you go. And that's why Shopify says they are tirelessly inventing tools for growth for over 1.7 million businesses, helping them succeed every day. Shopify unlocks the opportunity of your business to more people every day. Every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur like you makes their first sale on Shopify. And I say you because I'm not an entrepreneur. Can we get the soundbite that goes cha-ching for this? We should do that. Go to (laughs) shopify.com slash Tony K, all lowercase. Can't emphasize this enough. Shopify.com slash Tony K, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash Tony K right now. Shopify.com slash Tony K. If you're in business, you should do this. I'm, I'm really not. I'm in business for myself. I don't process things. I don't char- I should charge all of you, but I don't. <laughs> I don't. But you should do this. Shopify. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Oh, come all ye littles, hopeful and expectant. Oh, come now, it's time for Mr. Tony's mailbag. We've got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Perhaps today he'll read yours. Perhaps today he'll read yours. Perhaps today he'll read yours most likely. 
Many thanks to Mark Schaefer. And the Schaeferettes. And the Schaeferettes. <laughs> the official pastor of the Tony Kornheiser podcast. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, thank you. Uh, Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Got the bagels today. It's always great. Uh, just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, going to tell Ann Mary about Uncle John. He claims he has a misery, but he's having lots of fun, old baby. Yeah, baby. Woo, baby. <laughs> having some fun tonight. <laughs> Originally done by Little Richard, covered by everybody in the world, including John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Yes. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd and Barry's Verluga. Thanks to today's sponsor, Simply Safe Seat Geek Shopify, all S's, as you can see. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I have a code for you. Go ahead. I was a little bit worried because I did not hear from Rob for about half a day, but Rob K., uh, the, the extended Black Friday Cyber Monday code is live for shop.tonygonezershow.com. We'll keep that up for a while. Uh, he did approve. And Buy stuff. Make us money. Well, we'll make sure that uh, we'll, we'll pick a few orders and, and send something special. That's wonderful. From S. Dutta from in Nigel. Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Last night, I sat down to watch my beloved Cornell Big Red men's basketball team try to extend its best start in 60 years. Now, one of the starts was they beat Binghamton. Up next was a matchup against that most powerful of powerhouses, the Penn State Nittany Lions. As I began watching, I couldn't help but notice the number three on Penn State's roster was off to a fast start. Upon closer inspection, I realized, hey, I know that guy. That's Sam the Sham Sessoms. It would appear that after listening to you and Nigel wax poetically about his Binghamton exploits for what seems like at least the last five years, he managed to squeeze out some more eligibility and hit the transfer portal. Once I realized who it was, I knew we had no chance. Sure enough, Sam the Sham lit Cornell up for 22, and the win streak was over. Surely I can claim this as a David Aldridge moment for my troubles, right, Grandpa? He's a grad student by now? Sam Sessoms, maybe. From Ryan Mahan or Mahan in Springfield, Illinois, the mild dirt track at the Illinois State Fairgrounds is pretty well known among racing enthusiasts, both the USAC and ARCA, as well as motorcycle fans. In 2017, the ARCA race, usually named after Alan Crow, had HERS as its sponsor for the HERS Potato Chips 100. Before the feature race, a vice president from the company was on the track to start the race. As part of his comments, he said, quote, Someone should spring for pavement, unquote. And boy, did he get booed. <laughs> hers has not sponsored the race since. Honestly, it was a weird sponsorship. I'm not even sure you can get hers in the Springfield, Illinois area. But we don't need people telling us to pave our beloved dirt track. I'm sure no one at Ruffles or Lays would tell us to pave our dirt. <laughs> did you finish those salt and vinegar chips? I did. I did. They're radical. Uh, they really have a taste. And, you know, and they... That's vinegar. Yeah, it really is. Um, I get a letter from David Kornhauser, who is a lawyer. He lives in Toronto. He said, a close friend recently noticed your picture and believes there is a family resemblance. I attach mine for your reference, although you're better looking than I am. Not true. He's better looking than I am. <laughs> Given the similarity of the name and the resemblance, I'm wondering about your family background. My father was from Kesmarok, now in Slovakia, but at the time was in Czechoslovakia. He came to Canada in the early 1950s after the war. I've copied my cousin Danny Kornhauser, Hauser, who is much better versed in family matters and history than I am. Do you know any of your family history which you might be willing to share? No. <laughs> I don't. No. Sorry. I don't. But, you know, Michael, look at that and see if we're related. Uh, from Shad. A haiku for Hanukkah. Latka's so crispy. Roof of your mouth is in shreds. Thank you, fat chickens. From Dan Moore in Still Winnipeg, Manitoba. Still haven't been over for the candle lighting. Do you hmm. think that, the, that when the Florida Gators AD fired Dan Mullen on Sunday, the conversation finished with him saying, I want you off this campus at 9 a.m. Monday morning, and I'm sure you'll be happy to know that I've notified your local draft board and told him you're now eligible for military service. Thank you, Dean Wimmer. Yeah. Dean Vernon Wormer, boys and girls. From Catherine Fahey in Chicago, Illinois. 
Hershey's is currently doing a Christmas promotion on Instagram where the winner receives a walk-on role as a baker in a Hallmark movie. Ooh. How many Hallmark movies have had the extra say, oh, what a shot? <laughs> My guess is zero. So I think you should enter the contest. Maybe I should. Chip Robinson from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. I love this one. I'm catching up on the pod after falling behind because Michael recommended the name of the wind. I'm caught up through Friday, November 19th, and I thought I'd ask what kind of Subaru DG drives. I mean, enough already with this guy. The connective tissue is fine. The sleeve of golf balls in the locker room was a bit pretentious, but okay. By day three, he show, he's throwing Harvard and sitting on the bench next to Al Gore into his now daily emails. Hey, DG, enough already. <laughs> Great is that one. Great is that one. From Mark Lydiard in Newcastle, New South Wales in Australia. I've been a fan of PTI since Australia got ESPN on pay TV, maybe 15 to 17 years ago. But I only recently discovered this wonderful podcast, and I'm addicted to it on my daily walks. Could you please help this little Aussie battler out and explain what a little or little means and how do you have a David Aldridge moment? It will help me understand more than half of your emails. Okay. Um, Littles are just people who listen to the show. Yes. Ted Green, who was a writer for the Los Angeles Times 45 and 50 years ago, used to refer to people out there as the Littles. He did it derisively. <laughs> the Littles. Like, I'm working at the LA Times, and there are all these Littles out there trying to write. I do it with uh, mockery of that, but also with great sympathy. Yes. You know, not that we're the bigs, but that everybody else is the Littles. And the David Aldridge moment is simple. I, I, every time I used to see David Aldridge on TV, I would say, what's David? He's on TV. How great is that? Yes. Not ever paying attention to the fact that I was on TV, too. And everybody <laughs> I know is on TV. But it's like you see something, and, and for the first time, it sort of registers on you, and there's a bit of connective tissue. And I'll read one more from Nick Blonkowski in Vienna, Virginia, formerly Mount Airy, Maryland. First time, long time. Grew up reading you and Wilbon in the Post. Followed you religiously in college when PTI started, and your podcast got me off the couch and into running. On your show before Thanksgiving, you talked about how you hate food touching. I can't agree more. And the holidays are an absolute horror show for people like us. <laughs> you don't go to a restaurant, order a salad, with, and ask for gravy to wilt the lettuce. How is this a thing? Also, everything is mushy. You may be of the age where you need a spoon as your main instrument of food intake, but can we please start offering up something at Thanksgiving that requires a knife? By the way, I went to the show's website for the first time. There aren't any pictures of people. Aside from Celiz's byline picture that I see on the liberal media, I have no idea what anyone looks like. I imagine Nigel will be about 5'2 with a red, wispy beard. Tell Michael to get on that. Happy Thanksgiving. Please try not to read this more than once. It's just a wonderful email. Did I talk about the... the Pumpkin pie? Did I talk about that touching the apple pie? No. Oh. A okay. horror. So on the way home, um, I had Can Elizabeth had Describe the system in place to protect the pies. Okay. Elizabeth had put the pies in the pies that we were taking home, a, a large chunk of pumpkin pie and a small chunk of apple pie. Great apple pie. Fabulous apple pie. Elizabeth had put them in a box, and I had put rubber bands around the box so that you know, it wouldn't turn over in the car. Well, as a result of this, when I got home, there was some pumpkin pie on my apple pie. Mm. And, I, and I very carefully, with a spoon, scraped the pumpkin pie off the apple pie. Surgical precision. And I did a pretty good job of that. And on a lark, I tasted the pumpkin pie. Uh-oh. And it, it wasn't terrible. <laughs> I have it. to say, I didn't like the texture, but it wasn't terrible. 
In my old age, I may be weakening towards pumpkin pie. <laughs> Pies from the Station on Kings. Yeah, Station Lewis. on Kings, which is in Lewis, Delaware. Great the Pies are great. We had a pecan. I don't eat pecan pie, but everybody loved it, right? And the apple pie was great, and the pumpkin pie was great. If, you know, for if you like those sorts of pies. Anyway, if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Who's your favorite pitcher? Max Scherzer. What does Max Scherzer do? Phoenix. Who's your favorite batter? Soto. Soto. Uh. <laughs> that cuts deep. You're talking to me, cause I can't hear you no more. I'm cold and drunk with my soaking wet feet. But the
starting to break from the inside. 